speed up, but look on the ASA. My gosh, they're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. The open beta strives to put the power of studio quality remote video production into the hands of anyone with a story to tell. Features include HD video recording, studio quality sound, chat and footnotes all running right from your browser so you can record from anywhere without ever installing anything. Check out the links in the show description to find out more. Joining me now for the second in the series of Experiencer shows, I have Jonathan Davies, who is a lifelong experiencer from Wales and a co-host on the Special Access podcast. Also, a team member of Sufon, that's the Swansea UFO Network. John, welcome to the podcast. Hi Andy, thanks for having me on, mate. No, it's good to speak to you face to face as such. It's we've, we've talked uh, online for a while via DM and on various various threads on the UFO Twitterverse. So it's nice to converse properly. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've been watching um, all your shows and loving every minute of it. And like I've told you a million times, you should be doing this for a living. And I know everyone is thinking you, you're killing it doing this, mate. You're really you and you and Dan are doing a great job. Uh, uh, well, when I let Dan out, yeah, he does all right, doesn't he? He's uh, <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate you saying that. Listen, um, for anyone unfamiliar with yourself, John, uh, do you care to share just a little bit of background with us as to who you are? Yeah, I'm um, from Wales. I live in Monmouthshire now, but I've lived all over South Wales um, in the UK. Um, I'm a lifelong experiencer. I've literally, um, ever since I can remember, I've been seeing things. I started off seeing orbs when I was a child. I would. I, not know I was any different to any of the kids at the start. You know, I thought everyone could see these things. I didn't really even point them out to other kids until I went to school. I went to school. I can remember the first time I was in school. Um, we go out on the playing fields, and um, and I said to one of the other kids, "Let's let's chase them." And it was orbs on us on us the edge of the field, and I can remember the look on the on the kid's face. You know, now I get chills now looking back because it it affected me that he he really thought I was nuts you know I got got that impression right from the day the first day that I ever mentioned it to another kid um, because he didn't see him um, and he pointed out to every other kid in the school that I was a nut Um, and it was a real real issue for me for my entire um, childhood basically in school until 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 the point I was 15 when I moved schools and moved out the area and I'm basically shut it off never told another soul I mean and up until a couple of years ago you know, when uh, the Nimitz stuff came out and I, I came out again. Yeah, just before we started recording, um, we were just talking briefly and you were mentioning the frustration at people who, who would claim to be an experiencer. Now, I, I've shared on the podcast ad nauseum a, a couple of sightings I've had. I'm not an experiencer, though. For you, what is the definition of an experiencer? But it's obviously an experience if you see a UFO. Don't get you know, don't get me wrong. We can use that word. It's an experience, of course it is. But for me, an experiencer is somebody who's who's got a lifelong, in, well, it hasn't got to be lifelong, but a major interaction, 
interaction or a personal, you know, real close up and close up encounter or uh, entity interactions, um, much more than just seeing lights in the sky. You know, that's something I, I, I see lights in the sky. I've seen two UFOs, if you want to call them that, this week. You know, so in, it's very, very normal for me to see these things, and it always has been. I mean, if the, I live in Wales. Wales is like um, um, a tropical rainforest with weather side of things with, with the rain. It's not the heat, but the, certainly the rain. And if it was as cloudy as it is, I'd probably see these things a hell of a lot more. You know, but it, it is it's, it's constant for me, and it's always been constant for me. I mean, And I find it... Um, upsetting to be honest with you when i hear people say i'm an experiencer and it's like the term has been hijacked when they don't really understand what it means if they knew what it meant really meant you know that this is this is bad for your health almost because it's it messes with your head because these things going on with you you don't know what they are um it it really does get to you you know it 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 upsets me greatly sometimes i've been to bed for nine well more than nine nine months ago i had a major experience and I haven't been to bed since because it happened in my bedroom, my daughter's upstairs, my wife, and I didn't want them to experience what I had just experienced, you know. So people jumping on this, um, I'm an experience, a bandwagon, not really understanding what that really means. You know, it's, I, I just, just don't think it's right, you know. Um, I don't know. I'm not after a, um, a ranking scheme or it's not an ego thing. It's, it's just that we really do need to know who the real you know, the real people are in this topic who are the ones we should concentrate on to go to, to ask what, what has really happened to you so we can get some information, you know, as opposed to everyone. If everyone says we're, I'm an experiencer, you don't know whether they're just, they've just seen a light in the sky every now and then or, you know, once in a lifetime. There's Let no me ask, John, you, you, you mentioned that from a young age, obviously, if as a child you were seeing orbs and having those interactions from from what age and what particular incident would you say you you became an experiencer? Was there one thing you remember going back? I mean, there's loads. I mean, I had when I was um, thirteen, I had an appendicitis incident. I was in the woods on my own, and I got I was in agony. I was on the floor. I collapsed, and I got surrounded by orbs. That was that was once. Um, when I was fifteen, I had I was in a field. Um, a few miles from home, I had no memory at all of how I got in that field. It was um, late evening. Um, it happened to be that I know the dates because it, was, it turned out there was a major incident that night, the night of the Triangles in Wales. Um, so it was the 19th of January in 1983, and it was about 8 o'clock-ish, I would assume. I didn't know the time. But I was in a field. I looked up, um, and I saw the whole sky move. It was, it was a miles wide craft. It was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. I'd been seeing orbs and I'd seen, um, you know, most of the other shapes. I'd seen cigars and things like that. Everyone calls them Tic Tacs now, but they were big cigars, you know, same shape. Um, but anyway, this craft moved. I was in a bubble. I, could, I couldn't, you know, there was no sound around me. There was like I was in a world of my own type thing. And I look up and as soon as it moved, the bubble burst. I was freezing cold because 19th of January in the UK is winter. And I had just had a T-shirt on, and I suddenly, you know, what am I doing in this field? I had no memory of that day at all, or the previous day. I had no memory at all. I mean, I literally looked to my right, and I saw where I was. There was a leisure centre to my right, and I was in the leisure centre playing fields, you know, a couple of miles from home. 
And um, I looked back at the craft and I watched it drift away and it, it was literally colossal. You know, I couldn't see the left-hand side, how big it went. You know, it was too far that way. It was too far that way for me to say how big it was. And um, that was my first major, major experience. Um, I ran home. Um, I didn't go through the front door of my house when I finally got home. I went around the back. I climbed up the drain pipe. I went in through the bathroom window. I went to bed and I expected the next day to get, I did it did that basically because I thought I must have done something. You know what I mean? I, I was I was worried I was going to get told off by my parents because I had no memory where I'd been or what I'd done, and I thought I must have done something. You know, so I, I literally went up the drain pipe, went to bed, um, got up the next day ready for school, and went down expecting to get it off my mum and dad. You know what the hell has I done? You know, I was thinking I was going to get it, and they didn't say a word apart from my mum saying you didn't clean your rugby rugby boots yesterday you know that that told me what day of the week it was because we always played rugby on a wednesday but anyway i thought i got away with it great i went to school um my head was messed up you know because i didn't know what had even happened in school i didn't know what i'd been doing or anything for two days uh but i didn't say anything to my friends again i thought if i you know i'm not going to look stupid I've, I've had that effect when i was younger and I didn't want that in my comp school as well. I knew that the kids from my local school had gone to the comp and I was worried, always worried they were going to tell them, everyone else in the comp, you know, about me as well. And so I didn't say anything. And I, we moved house then two weeks later and um, we moved out to the area. So I, I knew I didn't have to say anything. I thought I'm going to get away with this. And I never said a word. We, we moved to the oldest house in Newport, it was built in 1580, an old mansion house. And I'd never seen a ghost or what people class as a ghost up until that point. But then from that, I don't know whether it was the interaction with what had happened a couple of weeks earlier with this giant craft. And with, I had missing time as well. I forgot to mention that. I had about an hour and a half of missing time where I've, you know, I've no, no idea um, where I was. Um, but anyway, we moved to this, this house, this old house, and... I started seeing ghosts. They would sit on my bed. They would push me, hit me, talk to me, you know, and, and I had an ongoing experience then for the next five or six years while we lived in that house nearly every day. I mean, my sister moved out of the house. That's how spooky it was. It had its own chapel in the house. You know, it was a really old, um, really old house. Um, so that was that one. And then um, next John, major let experience. Me, let me jump in. Yeah. Let, let me jump in on that. Um, thanks, because that was a really, really interesting um like story you've told there the first part as well now you talk yeah. about the missing time had you ever since then looked at anything like regression or had any idea of what happened during that missing time i've never looked at regression i've looked at what people the effect and the trolling that has happened to people who've had regression and it is and the thought of um finding out i've, I've got a memory i haven't got a memory about it you know so it's not a bad memory so i don't want to be regressed and then suddenly find something really bad happened to me. Cause I've got, up until recently this, I said about the nine months ago, I haven't been to bed, you know, um, I had never had a bad experience or I didn't think I'd had a bad experience cause I haven't got a memory of it. Okay. So I, it really puts me off the idea of, um, suddenly finding out they're doing terrible things to me, you know, and then that it's already messed my life up almost, you know, and sure. I really don't want yeah. to, you know what I mean? Uh, am I going to therapy after I've had that regression? You know, I'd, I'd just prefer not to have the regression and, and avoid it completely. That's my um, 
my thing on that. What's the other part of your question? Sorry, Andy, you missed. No, no, that that's completely fair. It's you know, ignorance is bliss, is the old phrase, and and especially when it comes yeah. to that. Your 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 first answer was funny. You you mentioned like you don't want to get regression because of trolls and whatnot, and I was going to say, but even for yourself, but your your reasoning and logic of I'd rather not know is is perfectly sound because yeah, I'm sure there are other people. Go on. No, no, that's it. I'm sure, I'm sure there are other people that, like you, if they had the option of knowing something like that, they maybe wouldn't want to know. It's better to not know. Yeah, but you also get them people saying to you, ah, why is he avoiding it? What is he hiding? That's the trolling side of it. You know, this is the – it's bad enough and hard enough for experience to, to come out in the first place. And I waited um, 48 years to say a word, you know, in, in public. Uh, apart from that experience, that first time when I first told that one kid, it ruined my, uh, to the point I went to comp, it ruined my life. You know what I mean? I had I had no friends. I literally was living this. I would go off to, I'd, other kids were playing football with other friends after school and stuff. I wasn't able to do that because I, I was getting abuse. So I would literally go off on my own and I'd be seeing these orbs following me around like, they're like, um, I mean, I class them like um, a mirror glass, like a camera is following me. They were following me around everywhere I went, like as if they were keeping an eye on me. Strange, Andy. I haven't got a clue what they are. You know, I'm not going to pretend I know what they are because I don't. I haven't got a clue. But that was that's the sort of thing that's built got into my head over the years. Are they some sort of like mirror glass camera from another dimension or something? And they're literally keeping an eye on me. You know, that was... I mean, it was strange. I said about the um, the orbs where they were all above me when I had the appendix incidents and my, my appendix was bursting, yeah? I never saw those small orbs again after that. So I literally went, I crawled home, got in, went to hospital, had my appendix out, never saw the small orbs again, and I've never seen them since. I only see massive orbs now, you know, giant size, um, van size orbs, you know, hot air balloon size orbs, massive ones. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned you mentioned John that you waited forty eight years to even talk about this at all. What was the point after yeah. all that time? You decided enough was enough. Well, I watched the I watched all like everyone else on UFO Twitter. I saw the Nimitz stuff coming out. I saw the New York Times stuff coming out, and I thought, well, if it's going into the press now, it's becoming mainstream. And um, I, I I had a business. I mean, I tell you. It's not quite true, actually, Andy. In 2010, I had another major incident where I had a landing, an object landed by my house when I lived in West mm-hmm. Wales. And that was that was a crazy experience. I mean, I can talk about that, but I doubt if you've got enough time. Um, so, No, listen, go, go for it. Okay, so um, basically my daughter was two. We're, in, we're living on a coast um, just uh, north Gower, opposite Flanethley, on the opposite coast of the estuary. Um and my daughter stood over by the conservatory window and she suddenly says bright she's two years old that was a that was a good word for her so i thought oh great word so i walked over to the window thinking what's she on about you know and um even though i've been seeing these all my life she threw me off balance and i was looking out the window and um there's an orange orb a big orange orb by the tree of my neighbor's tennis courts um right by my house literally just at the end of the garden and it's just sitting in by this tree and all of a sudden um, it shoots to my right and down. We're on top of the hill, okay? So it shoots into the estuary, which is like a salt marsh. The tide is out, okay? And it it shoots 
they're so fast. It's like the tic tac speed when they talk about it's you know I did what was it seventy thousand miles an hour or something crazy. Yeah. If I blinked, I would not have seen this. You know, it was almost I almost didn't see it, and then oh there it is. You know, and, but it moves so fast it threw me off guard because I've never seen them move that fast before. I used to always mosey along whenever I saw them, you know, and let me see them whenever I wanted. But this was like boom, and I thought, oh my god, it's crashed. But there was no sound. I opened the windows of the conservatory and I'm listening. There's no sound. And all of a sudden, then this thing starts doing massive brash, bright, bright flashes of light, all different colours, like blinding, like boom, right in your face, you know, like a lighthouse. But they seem to be directed to me. That's the way it felt to me at the time anyway. Um, again, there's no sound. Um, and then another object appears directly opposite between me and this other object over Burryport and Llanethley is cloud. So this thing is below cloud level, but it looks like the moon, but it's got like a bluey green. Um, it's bright white, but bluey green edges, about the size of a very large moon. Um, so that's just stopped dead directly between me, this, this object on the ground, which has continued flashing. And then all of a sudden I can hear what sounds like a Chinook helicopter coming in from the north of the estuary. And I can hear it. I could see two lights, like not flashing lights, a red and white light, a steady light coming in very low and the Chinook getting louder and louder and louder to enrote the helicopter. It gets up to the object on the ground and there's a little flash of light between the two of them and the helicopter vanished, totally vanished. The sound of the helicopter totally vanished. And then I can hear it again, two miles up the coast. I can hear the same thing happening all over again. It starts coming in again. It gets up to the object. There's another flash of light, vanish. Eight or nine times it happened which was, it was nuts, you know, so I knew, I mean, I, I knew anyway that it wasn't, you know, something legit, but the helicopter threw me off guard because I was thinking maybe I've got this wrong, you know, maybe this is some military thing that's going on or, you know, and I, I yeah. get the impression now that that is the idea behind what I class now as a fake helicopter, um, that they are used as some sort of distraction and to make people think, oh, there's nothing going on, you know, this is a legitimate thing that you see in. Don't worry about it. It's military or something, you know. I mean, was it holographic? Was it um, a mind? Alter was my mind being altered in some way? Uh, alter perception? Um, I have no idea. I mean, I took pictures of everything um, that was going. I had run down the house at, at one point, grabbed my I had a brand new camera I bought two days previous. Never used it. Literally put the batteries in to see whether I could to test it. You know, just in case I had to send it back. Anyway, so I took loads of pictures, didn't realize until the next day they had a video function. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, anyway, that all that all went on with the helicopter. To my left is the sea, yeah? I hadn't noticed an, uh, it was an emerald green object coming in from the sea, and it got right up close to um, this object that's on the ground, which was originally the an orange orb, but it turned into a, like a blue object, a craft, Okay, so this thing gets right up, this emerald object gets right up to it. It shines. The only way I could describe it is like Starship, uh, Star Trek when there's a tractor beam because it shone a light onto this object on the ground, a green light. It wrapped itself around it, and they literally took itself out to sea. The two of them went out to sea quite slow. Yeah. As soon as that started happening, the helicopter vanished and never came back, and the object over Clenethley that have been sat there, like, keeping an eye on things, I don't know, um, that vanished, and it just went off. Um, the next day, um, I was expecting the neighbours to have all seen this because of all the noise of the helicopter and all the, you know. So I thought I'd go down 
the road to try and find some other witnesses. Couldn't find any of the witnesses. It's a holiday area, so there's most of the houses are empty at that time of year. Um, so I only found two people, and neither of them had seen it. That was that. Went back to work. I worked from home. Um, I went back to work, um, phoned up everyone I could think of, the police. I phoned the police on the night. I mean, they, they hadn't heard anything because I thought, you know, I'll, I'll not wipe that one off the slate. Is it? Was it a police helicopter? Was it some? Did anyone else report it? I was trying to find out. You know, nobody had reported anything. Didn't want to, Didn't know anything about it. And they kept phoning me for weeks on end afterwards because everyone in the police station was really interested. I always got the impression that yeah, because they knew something. You know, <laughs> I you know, was paranoia, but that was the impression I was getting. Why did they keep phoning me? You know. Um, you know, I tried everyone. I phoned Nick. I, I got in touch with Nick Pope. Nick Pope had already left the MOD. He didn't want to know. He just said that, yeah, baffling and intriguing pictures. That was about it, though. Um, there, the same next day again, then I saw two black vans. Two black vans had parked it right in the spot where this thing had landed. And there was blokes literally wandering around with either metal detectors or radiation things, strange equipment looking. You know, I couldn't really. I'd left my. I had a pair of binoculars I'd be watching it all with the night before and the camera, but I'd left them at the top of the house. You know, I didn't go back up because I was in the middle of my day of work. Um, but I kicked myself now. I didn't take pictures of the black vans as well. But um, I don't know. I mean, were those were they really black vans though? Because I went to the castle where the, the track was, where these vans had come, would have had to have come out from onto the marshes. And I spoke to the farmer and the farmer told me that he'd never let anyone out there. You know, he took me to the gate that was locked, padlocked, and said, "I've never let anyone out there. It's private property, and you're not allowed, allowed out there because they used to do bomb disposal out there because they use it as a range during the war." Okay, so it's, it's, nobody goes out there. I mean, it's been hinted at me again that maybe they they weren't really black vans and they weren't really men, and they were again something being manifested and something else was really there because how the hell did they get out there through those locked gates? You know. I don't know. John, let, let me ask, because that's that's fascinating. Do you have any idea or any best guess what these things may be or where they may be from? Oh, mate. That's why I'm doing this 15 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to find out like the rest of us. You know, I'm, uh, I wish I I wish I had the answers. I've, I haven't got any answers. All I can tell you is what happened to me. You know, I, I really do why, wish why I could. You, I could uh, why do you I've think no it's idea. happening to you? I really don't know. I really don't know. I like I said, I I thought it was happening to everyone when I was before I went to school, you know. Until that first kid said to me, "I'm nuts." I thought all kids could see, or you know, these orbs, and um, it, that was the point. I learned they couldn't, you know, and that's the point. I knew that I was different, and I had to shut my mouth, or it was going to cost Obviously. me, and it, and it has cost me, you know. Yeah, it's something you've lived with and you've dealt with it for a long, for decades. You've now not only got yourself to look after, you've got your, your wife and daughter you mentioned. What sort of effect yeah. does your experiences have on them? Well, my daughter can see things as well. Um, she sees things that she doesn't see the small orbs that I saw when I was a child, but she saw that orb um, before I did when we were down to Gower and it landed. You know, she pointed out to me, like, and then um, a couple of Christmases ago, Christmas Day, we went out for lunch. We were coming back. There were three giant orbs in the middle of the road, just above the road, massive ones, about hot air balloon size. But my wife has no interest in the topic at all, so I didn't, you know, people go mad. I don't stop the car and take pictures, but I see these things all the time. You know what I mean? So it, it was it, that was a good one, but 
it was Christmas Day. We were full. We were all tired, and I'm like, I wanted to get home, you know. So we didn't. But um, it's it's difficult. It really is difficult to. I'm doing this on my own, you know. Have and you it, ever it is, felt it is seven days a week? It is fifteen hours a day. It is it is a an, a total obsession to try and find answers, and it it really does take it out of you. So that's where I go on about. Please don't call yourself an experiencer because if you're not an experiencer, you know what I mean. It's, it means something. And it's not, have it's you not a nice thing sometimes, you know? No. Have you ever felt threatened by them? Well, I had, I had, a, I haven't been to bed for about just over nine months because I was lying. I woke literally with my mouth open. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move my body at all apart from my eyes. And this was the first negative experience I can remember. Okay. Uh, and there was literally a, a there was a, a female entity, an inch from my mouth, with hair that was like seven foot long floating in the air by the side of her house, massive bull-like eyes, and um, she scared the shit out of me, okay? It really did scare me. And um, she she looked really pissed off that I caught her, and she floated to the end of the bed. I could see this because my wife sleeps with a light on, you know, with a small light lamp, and my daughter does as well. They can't sleep in the dark. but So I could see her perfectly and so she floated to the end of the bed one more horrible look for me and then vanished she looked like a hag you know like a a horrible hag and um Mm -hmm. freaked me out i'm totally as soon as she vanished i could breathe i'm like like i screamed my dog that would normally hear every noise and bark at anything you know sleeps on the bed with us and she didn't murmur my wife is still even though i screamed as loud you know as loud as i could um, didn't wake up. I, I literally got up, checked the house, and been to bed since. You know, so again, you know, it's annoying when people want to be an experiencer. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it really doesn't want to make doesn't make sense to me at all. Why? Why would you want to be an experience? Yeah, okay, you want to see a UFO, but you really don't want the rest of it that goes with it. You know. Let, let me ask you on now. I've been told by other experiences, you really wouldn't want to be an experiencer. You know. And l- listen, I appreciate everything you've shared with us so far as well. And in a short time, it's a lot you've given us, which I appreciate. And we will talk again. But I've got a few things I want to, to get to before we, we wrap up our time. And this is some of the stuff we have talked about online. And I'll be honest, one of the reasons I'm doing this is someone like yourself and the frustration I've seen from you and others that you're you're not being heard and other people seem to pick and choose when experiences are relevant or when their stories are relevant. So I'm trying to give people the time to at least share a little bit of their story. So hopefully I've managed to do that and give you that platform. But I want to know, in, in your opinion, actually, no, forget not in your opinion because that's wrong, is now the right time for experiencers' stories to be involved in the mainstream conversation? Before you answer, thinking... If you can take yourself away from you are the person having these experiences and you tell that to, to the every man or, or every woman, every person in the street, what I mean, you know what they're going to say or you know what the majority are going oh, yeah. to think. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get think- the reason why th- the way things have panned out. I get it. I get the reason why um, we've been locked in the closet for a bit, you know, and uh, they don't want to, they didn't want to talk to the congressmen. We weren't going to get a real conversation going with them. I get all that side of things, you know, but 
before we went to speak to the congressman, there was no reason why experiences couldn't have been at the table with the people who were going to meet the congressman. Okay, that's that's the point I've been trying to make. It's not that I want to be thrust throwing this down their throats. People are being abducted, and what the hell are you going to do about it? And blowing this out of all proportion for, um, and then us not getting um, more June reports and more um, congressional hearings or any congressional hearings. You know, I didn't want any of that. Don't get me wrong, and I know that experiences don't don't just stop anything from happening. But there was there was no reason why we couldn't be there forming the questions and forming the, the the plan of how to proceed, and that is what we've been shut out of. Do you not think that there's a possibility that has or is happening in the background? It's just that, given the nature of it, people like yourself aren't going to be in the know of that. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I've heard that um, Sean Cahill, for instance, is, an, is a full-on experiencer, but Sean has never told me if he, what his experiences are, so I've got no way, way to judge that, you know, so I, I can only go on the things that I do know. Um, and I do, you know, I know the other people as well. I know Lou has um, said or hinted that he had an experience at um, Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know what that was, again. You know, so it's hard. it's hard for me to say, yes, we're already in there, when I don't know what – are they real experiences? What I class as a real experience is what I've tried to describe to you. I don't know, you know. Did they just see – did Lou just see a light in the sky? I don't know. You know, did, is that what Sean saw? I don't know. You know, so I can't say experiences have already been at the table and already been forming these questions and so nobody's been left out of the loop because we don't know. This is the problem, you know. I'd, I'd be so nice what, if somebody was in there who I did know was a full-on experiencer um, who could say, well, yeah, everything's being covered. Don't worry, mate. But when I'm not being told that. So I, you, it's, I've already got the frustrations of, you know, this is brilliant that you're doing this, Andy. I mean, it speaks volumes about me, you, mate, that you are doing this experience uh, podcast in the first place. It speaks volumes um, because there is a huge stigma attached to us and everyone – uses it against us to not get us involved. You know, we're not involved in the panels, panel discussions when all the, you know, I'm not going to bring up names, but there, there were some big panel discussions recently, but there weren't enough experiences on there as far as I was concerned. <laughs> okay. Um, because again, we're seen as hurting or potentially hurting the movement towards everything that's trying to be achieved. We're just out, we're out of the loop. And it is beyond frustrating. We've been out. Of the, we've been, we're the ones who've been wanting the answers the longest. We are the ones bringing all the information to the to the to the people. You know, I've just told you a load of things that have happened to me. You know, now now you're hopefully you're aware that you know. I'm, I'm hoping that your gut feeling will say this guy's genuine. Because how the hell could he speak at this uh, sort of motor motor speed and not be telling the truth? He can't make it up that quick, surely. You know, but I don't know. You know, I, I do my best to try and tell people what has happened to me, and it, it's, it's down to them to believe me. And uh, John, I'm past, the way I past see scary, it, mate, you know, <laughs> past scary. yeah, no, the, the way I see it, and I've, I, like I say, I talk about, especially when I saw that um, Ferris wheel type object when I was at like nine or ten, and even speaking to people like David Marlar who have spoken to tons and tons of witnesses, and they say that's quite different to what a lot of people see, given it was quite low to the ground, it was on its side spinning, and and all that yeah, kind of stuff. But yeah. I I know I saw that, 
I saw it with people who have no interest in the subject as well. My sister kind of does, but my mum and the other people don't really. And that all I've got is that story. And whenever it does come up, outside of especially outside of this podcast if it ever comes up in conversation with friends or or anyone like that then it's you get all sorts of reactions to it and people and the question normally i just ask is why would i make that up there's obviously exactly. attention and stuff like that but i mean come on there's there's better stories for attention than you know, than that you know i could claim i get taken backstage at an oasis concert once and no gallagher gave me a signed guitar and <laughs> oh i can't show you the guitar because it's yeah. hidden away in the loft but i've yeah. got it you know i've got his nebworth guitar if anyone wants to send me some liam gallagher How put off said something there. interesting uh, to me at, i was at the the su conference and I, I was chatting to him there and he said he's more likely to it was an ongoing chat after the conference and he's he said he's more likely to believe the experiencer who tells him the more outlandish story than he is the somebody who said, I just saw a craft. Okay. If he, he said, if, if it was a 30 foot craft on the ground and the person said, I walked inside the craft. And when I got inside, it was the size of two football fields. Hal is much more likely to believe it. Okay. And that's, that's the way I am as well. I mean, it, sometimes obviously you, you, you've got to be skeptical because I'm, I'm skeptical with a lot of stuff I, I listen to as well. Cause if I, I think of, I've, I've experienced most of the things in this, in this field so I, I can judge i hope i can judge you know when somebody's bullshitting um but it's, it's it's still difficult because there there are wannabes you know there seem to be wannabes in this field as well that just make it up and trying to make money out of this topic and you know it's really difficult and loads of fakes they're really not helping us you know i'm looking forward to this software that um lou is being on about is coming out soon <laughs> And hopefully we'll be able to tell yeah, the, the, the AI. what's fake and what's not fake. Can't wait for that. John, yeah. just to wrap up, and again, I really appreciate the time you've given us, is there any advice you would go back and give your younger self with regard to coming to terms and dealing with these experiences? Oh, God, mate. It's difficult because you'd like to say, yeah, I should have come out earlier and talked about it, but I, look what happened to me by coming out and talking about it when I was young. You know, it ruined, literally ruined my life. I would think things would be changing for young, for other other people. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise kids to come out, obviously. But um, maybe, maybe if you you you're past fifty and you want to you want to come out and start talking, now I've got a feeling there's a lot of people that could come out and talk. I mean, I met a couple yesterday that are in their seventies and they've never spoken about something that happened to them forty years ago and it's happened every day since. Okay, so there is, you know, there are a lot of people out there that will speak if if we can get rid of the stigma, and but it's difficult, really difficult. And conversely, what would you recommend if someone's listening to this right now and hears your story, your experiences, your your trauma? What would you recommend to them? Get in touch with other experiences and share, and and try and um, I mean, there's there's an experiencer group that Jay King has set up. And maybe um, I'm not a member of that because I'm. I, this is part of my life now, and I'm used to. I don't really need like a, a, a conversational therapy type thing. That I think that probably is. I don't really know because I'm not a member, but I, I get that's the impression of it. Um, but maybe that you know, if other experiences need that, they, you know, they it, speaking to other experiences definitely helps. 
that is all for this week's show thank you very much for listening please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform you can like retweet and subscribe that would all be very much appreciated the shows are being uploaded onto youtube as we speak more and more you can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast to access the shows ad free as well please get in touch on twitter facebook instagram that ufo podcast Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Fuck. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shut out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head. And everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And they think I should because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think they be, I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake? Consider your space, consider your lies, consider your life, consider your eyes.